The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, Bob here, live and not pre-recorded. I'm really doing this. I'm really live. This is a brand new thing. Uh, I'm here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the week. Uh, we all need to blow off steam in the age of Trump, right? And that includes your favorite kitty cat. Yeah, see, cats cats hate Trump, too. Bubble Genius has you covered with their political catnip toy in the shape and likeness of Trump's pumpkin-sized head. Let your cat disembowel the clown dictator while he or she gets all hepped up on catnip. Right on the inside of that Trump head. It's only 10 bucks at Bubble Genius. Use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. Okay, on today's show, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is right here. I'm not looking at him, but he's here. We're going to dig into this situation with, uh, with China. China. China and soft China. China. <laughs> and this whole business with ZTE and, and making China great again, isn't it? Isn't that excellent? Isn't that what all the red hats want? Making China great again. New jobs for China. Plus, Ivanka's clueless presentation in Jerusalem and the death toll in Gaza. Oh, and uh, Buenos dias. Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes has been hanging around with Rudy Giuliani and Don Trump Jr. a little too much because he accidentally confessed to something on Fox and Friends today. We'll get to that uh, right off the bat. That and a whole lot more coming up on today's show. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Um, how old are you? Over 21. And how big are you? How tall are you? Uh, about 6'4". Six 6'4". Four. Six four. And uh, how much do you weigh? Mm, around 2, 225. Hmm. <laughs> Well then, uh, is it true that uh, you can see through anything? Uh, yes, I can. Oh, well, pretty much. What's your background? Uh, where do you hail from? Well, it's uh, kind of hard to explain, actually. See, I'm from, um, well, pretty far away. Another galaxy, as a matter of fact. I come from a planet called Krypton. Huh? Krypton. Oh, Krypton! With a C-R-I? Uh, no. No, actually, actually, it's Krypton with a K-R-Y, P-T, no way. Why are you? I'm sorry? I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're gonna end up fighting every elected official in this country. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Buenos dias. The best. God damn it. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, May 15, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello. How are you? How you doing? Hello, Bob. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Check out Bo on the cover of South Magazine's Power Issue. 
He's listed as one of the South's greatest lawyers. And he can be your lawyer, too. Go uh, go and find Bo at thebowenlawgroup.com or just click Bo Bowen's picture on the podcast page. Okay, let's bring him in. I got his uh, thing turned on, so here he is. TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Well, one more note about Attorney Charles Bowen. He is not. He's an excellent lawyer. He relies on uh, law books and research and training and knowledge and the justice system. He yeah. is not a TV lawyer. So if you're looking, if you're looking for a TV lawyer. Uh, that's not the guy. And, you know, <laughs> that's too bad for Donald Trump because he's looking for a TV lawyer. I don't know if you heard that or not. That's, uh, yes, he is. Yeah. He's looking for a TV lawyer. Didn't find one. Hasn't, hasn't <laughs> found an adequate TV lawyer yet. Well, I mean, he thought, thought it was, he thought it was going to be Giuliani, right. uh, but that, that's not worked out all that well. No. So the search continues and he'd like, I, apparently it's plural. He said TV lawyers, plural. <laughs> So he'd like, I guess, a small uh, cadre of of TV lawyers, uh, not to practice law in an office or a courtroom, but uh, on TV. That's right, uh, because he's <laughs> he's all about the TV. Yeah, and as we know, Robert Mueller, in all seriousness, doesn't give a shit what happens right. on TV. So I don't right. know why. I mean, Trump <laughs> thinks he can litigate this thing on Fox News Channel. He thinks right. that he can send Rudy out to I don't know, make shit up and completely ruin. Trump's defense of himself <laughs> by doing stupid shit on television. I, I don't know how that could possibly work. I mean, certainly it's going to turn his people against Mueller, but I think they were already against Mueller. So, so most, none of that most were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the, you know what they have to do more? You know what Rudy has to do? He has to be best. He has to be best. Be best. <laughs> that's, the pro- that's the problem. Alani is absolutely right. <laughs> that's right. be best. Uh, okay, so um, you know what I want to do? I want to talk about this uh, this thing with uh, China and also this amusement park in Jakarta, Indonesia. But before mm-hmm. we do that, I think this is a pretty big deal. Devin Nunes was on Fox and Friends talking to the giggling couch tumors, and I don't know if he meant to do this because, as we know, <laughs> the the Trump team they don't intend to do things, but when they right. do it. They say that they they meant to do it. It's the whole Pee Wee theory. I meant to do that, right? That's what Rudy Giuliani's been doing for so long. They're, they're literally the gang that couldn't shoot straight. <laughs> I know, Jesus God. And of course, Don Jr. Don Jr. constantly admits to shit that he's done wrong, going all the way back to last year when he just decided, "Hey, why don't I just put my emails with uh, Rob Goldstone just out there for everyone to see that I legitimately colluded <laughs> with a bunch of Russians at Trump Tower with Manafort." And Kushner, they were all there. In that, in his case, I blame a genetic flaw. <laughs> That's true. There's some, there's some sort of glitch happening there. He, he blew a gasket at some point. But, uh, but Devin Nunes did the same goddamn thing. And as of right now, we don't know whether or not Robert Mueller is investigating the Republican Party as a party. But it appears as if Devin Nunes has decided to just go ahead and blab that. <laughs> that Mueller is investigating I, the party. Here's I a, was buried in my keyboard today, and I did not hear this Nunez remark. And I yeah. wish I had, or that I had a heads up about it, because I am, I'm searching my memory banks right now because I believe I have written something in the past that, that, that seemed to support the idea that yes, in fact, the GOP is part of the Russia probe. Well, we've speculated for a while that that would be the case, and, and obviously you've written about it, but uh, no one connected to the campaign. No one connected to the Republican Party 
has actually intimated anything along those lines mm-hmm. and, until today. And I don't think Devin Nunes meant to do this. I think this was purely by accident. Here's Devin oh, Nunes. Probably. Here's yeah. Devin with the, uh, the uh, giggling couch numbers this morning. Please. I believe they never should have opened a counterintelligence investigation into a political Stupid. party. Counterintelligence investigations are, are very, you know, very rarely do they happen. And when they do happen, right. you have to be very careful because you're, you're using the tools of our intelligence services mm-hmm. and relationships with other countries in order to spy on a political when campaign. Probably not trip. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time, the first time he said party. The second time he said campaign. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if that what that indicates uh, some kind of uh, mental glitch, obviously. But yeah. Uh, I, I, boy, I, let me do some research and get back to you on that. Uh, mm. Other than today's show. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know what? We're gonna see. I think we'll we'll probably hear that question asked of whoever is conducting the uh, White House press gaggle today. Uh, I'm sure that question will be asked. Like, holy shit. Devin Nunes said the Republican Party is under investigation by Robert Mueller. Is this true? And we won't get an answer. But I think, I think, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of people aren't talking about this on Twitter right now. I just happen to see it pass on by. I think someone posted the, the video clip. And it wasn't something that a lot of people are speculating on. So I think a lot of people missed it. And we obviously shit like this, we kind of take for granted. Like, oh, oh, Devin Nunes admitted that the Republican Party is under investigation. Well, we all knew that. So this isn't news, but it actually is news because no one official has actually confirmed that information. So there it is. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll see how that all plays out, but not surprising at all. I mean, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be awful if Robert Mueller wasn't looking into the Republican party, because as we know, and we're going to see, uh, Len Blavatnik's name come up here in the news on the show today. That was the guy who gave millions of dollars. This is a, an oligarch who's linked to Vladimir Putin gave millions of dollars to the Republican party, gave, uh, Mitch McConnell's, pack something like 2.5 million dollars and to me that's the whole ball game right there you want to know why why specifically mitch mcconnell isn't bringing that protect Mueller bill to the floor well it's because (laughs) because he's loaded up i mean even lindsey graham lindsey graham who's kind of been a fighter on the republican side on the whole russia thing Uh he actually took uh, uh, somewhere around six figures from blavatnik so we well, know that's the real scandal as far as the vote goes you know even if even if that protection for Mueller bill were to pass both houses of congress trump would never sign it no. and i don't think there's enough to override so but the, the rest is political posturing but the fact that graham and other prominent republicans have uh taken uh, excuse me not graham uh that uh, mcconnell and other prominent republicans have taken these huge amounts of russian money uh, is uh, more than concerning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that vote, obviously, if they were able to pick up the other, whatever it is, 11 Republicans that could give us right. a, a veto-proof majority. But, of course, that leaves the House side in no way a protect Mueller bill gets by the House of Representatives. Not, not, so. not, not prior to the midterms. No, yeah, yeah. So. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about China and this whole yeah. ZTE thing. That caught everyone by complete surprise not shocked i mean i I wasn't shocked to find out that donald trump is promoting a a chinese company in his frenemy relationship with president xi i mean obviously president xi is playing donald trump like a fiddle like so many other world leaders who have a brain in their head they know how to manipulate donald trump they know how to how to get him to do things that they want simply by 
proclaiming friendship with Donald Trump and being nice right. to him and so they can get away with portraying, it. Portraying loyalty, right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So, um, and this leads to something. There's a new development on this, so don't let me forget. There's a new, there's a story out in the Washington Post today that gives us a, an additional bit of information that leads us to believe that this is something that uh, uh, smacks of some sort of bribery, certainly emolument. So we'll yeah. get to that in, in just a second. But right. So Donald Trump uh, said on Twitter that he plans to bail out this telecom company in China. I think it's the fourth largest telecom company in the world, possibly, right. if not China. Second biggest, second biggest in China, right? Second biggest in China, yeah, yeah. And they're... They're not really, I mean, they sell items here in the United States, but I don't think any more, certainly not on American military bases where uh, all of their tech has been banned for good reason. We'll get to that, too. But Donald Trump tweeted this on Sunday. He said, President Xi of China. Remember President Xi and the big, beautiful chocolate cake? Yes, yes of course. <laughs> Who can forget? Every time I talk about President Xi, my mouth waters a little bit. I just keep <laughs> thinking about the chocolate cake. Chocolate. But, chocolate cake. So uh, he said here, President Xi of China and I are working together to give a massive Chinese phone company, ZTE, a way to get back into business uh-huh. fast. Uh-huh. Make sure to note. Too right. many jobs in China lost. Commerce Department has been instructed to get it done. And he has to end with an exclamation word. So he's shouting at us about the Commerce Department. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do we know about ZTE at this point? Well, we know that ZTE violated sanctions against Iran and North Korea by selling tech to them. For example, if there's a ZTE device that has an American-built component, you can't you can't sell those devices to Iran and North Korea, ZTE was doing it anyway. So right, that, and and by the way, also Syria and Sudan and Cuba oh, and yeah. all of these all of these countries were sanctioned. And yep. make note of these con- these countries again: North Korea, Iran, Syria, Sudan, and Cuba. Mm. And you wonder why the Pentagon won't allow them? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> there, God! There you go. Yep, there it is. And uh, and so what we did, what the Commerce Department did, and again, this is the Trump Commerce Department run by Wilbur Ross, who's Wilbur. Asked, at Wilbur Ross, who's Wilbur, at, who's also as deep in the Bank of Cyprus. That's uh-huh. the last time we talked about Wilbur Ross, it was in that context. But suffice to say, Commerce Department penalized ZTE. They they fined them one point two billion dollars, right? Um, which there's Record been amount. yeah conflicting reports as to whether or not they actually were able to pay that. But I know that maybe a dozen of their top officials slash staffers. Uh, were fired as a consequence of these penalties for violating sanctions. Uh, And of course, as I said, ZTE products have been banned from being sold in U.S. military bases. This is the Trump White House. Now, certainly some of this stuff was started back in 2016 during the campaign while Obama was still president, but it was the Trump Commerce Department that actually implemented all of these things against uh, ZTE. So why suddenly, why suddenly is Donald Trump interested in, in making China great again. I mean, yeah, before you and before you get to the why, uh, uh, let me say I saw your piece this week about making China great again, and that really sums up one of the two big aspects to this story. Yeah. Uh, being the the make America great again president is now saying too many jobs in China lost. Uh, what was it? Uh, do it now, or were his all caps orders to the Commerce Department? Yeah, get to, to get it done. Wh- right. Why the fuck? I mean, when this came down, I was completely baffled. Like, so clearly, 
Donald Trump has some sort of financial connection to China, some sort of financial benefit. Now, we think back to an episode of the Rachel Maddow show from, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Rachel showed a video clip, and it was toward the end of her show at some point. And it was a Trump rally during the campaign in which Trump had some things to say and then wrapped up the rally, started to walk off stage. He certainly walked away from his podium. And then there was some commotion on the side. And then suddenly Trump reappears. After, he does that. Yeah. As people are filing out of the auditorium and he's done with his remarks, he grabs this little Asian man. And hauls him back to the podium and starts talking him up as being this great man and he's a great friend and et cetera, et cetera. And here's who he is. It turns out that guy is the CEO of this development project in Jakarta, Indonesia. Are you right? Are we following along here? This is also yeah. really, really complicated. <laughs> and so th- this guy run- is is building this amusement park in this town outside Jakarta called Lido City. They're also building a Trump golf course at this amusement park. There's going to be a Trump hotel, a Trump restaurant, a bunch of Trump properties are all linked to this huge amusement park deal. To boil it down, to boil it down, Trump wants to help China because China is helping Trump with $100 million to build a Trump facility uh, there in Indonesia. Oh, oh, you, you've you've undersold the amount of money. The, oh, chi- I'm sorry. China, China gave, <laughs> China gave this project in Indonesia half a billion dollars. That's right. Excuse me. That's correct. Yeah, I'm half sorry. a billion sorry dollars. Yeah, yeah. For, to 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 do when all this. When it gets over a hundred million, I lose count. <laughs> You too? Uh, What happened was, though, this was announced, this loan of half a billion dollars Uh to this this guy and his company and his amusement park, which includes all these Trump properties. This was announced less than 48 hours before Trump announced his Making China Great Again (laughs) initiative, starting with uh, ZTE. China. And so this coincidence. Yeah, I know. Un-goddamn. Believable. Half a billion dollars. And so Trump's Commerce Department, again, levied a $1.2 billion fine against ZTE. And now suddenly Trump wants to help ZTE. Well, we find out today that China sent a list of demands to Donald Trump regarding uh, uh, trade and economics. After This is from the Washington Post today, Buzz. After top Trump officials went to Beijing last month, the Chinese government wrote up a document with a list of economic and trade demands that ranged from the reasonable to the ridiculous. On Sunday, President Trump caved to one of those demands before the next round of negotiations even starts, undermining his own objectives for no visible gain. The Chinese proposal titled Framework Arrangement on Promoting Balanced Development on Bilateral Trade, right? Something that easily Trump doesn't even understand the title, right? And this reporter from the Washington Post obtained an English version of the document, which is the Chinese government's negotiating position heading into the next round of talks. That round begins this week when President Xi's special economic envoy, Liu He, returns to town, returns to uh, Washington, D.C., I assume. Bullet point five is entitled this. Appropriately handling the ZTE case to secure global supply chain. So there it is. So the what chain the chain that goes into Trump's pocket. It's <laughs> exactly right. God damn it. God damn it. And so basically, Trump has acquiesced 
to one of these demands without asking for anything in return outside the bounds of this apparently ongoing negotiation. Well, certainly not asking anything on behalf of the nation, but uh, yeah, he, I think, assumes that it has to do with uh, helping himself, and and uh, that's you know that brings us to the emoluments question again, and yeah. a president who is clearly profiting in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, uh, from being president. Yeah, I mean, but even in the negotiations with China, I mean, remember Donald Trump has applied tariffs to China, yeah, and some of those in, those some of those tariffs are specifically about technology that ZTE manufactures. So Trump has levied tariffs against, basically against ZTE and other Chinese tech companies. So why now is he so completely interested in unilaterally acquiescing to one of these demands without asking Xi or the Chinese envoy for anything in return well, in the context of his negotiations. He never even asks his own staff, and he never looks at more than one thing at a time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he he loses, he'll do something with one hand and then with the other hand do something uh, that that affects the first thing, but without consideration of either one. Right. And, uh, and of course, the Republican Party, the broader Republican Party, is not going along with Trump on this one. I think they're just as baffled as the rest of us. In fact, uh, this Washington Post piece quotes uh, Marco Rubio, who pointed out on Monday that the problems with ZTE go well beyond sanctions busting. The FCC, uh, Rubio noted, has proposed cutting ZTE and other Chinese, quote unquote, national champion companies off from U.S. infrastructure development funds. Because the U.S. intelligence community views their technology as a national security risk. This company is, according to our intelligence agencies, I mean, all of the intelligence agencies, has claimed that ZTE and their technology is being used to spy on American citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. So ZTE is also, on top of everything else, they're also responsible for espionage against the United States. And Trump wants to create new jobs and reestablish all of the the financial downside that they've been hit with as a result of his own commerce department. None of this makes any sense until you couple it with whatever financial gain goes to Donald Trump. And exactly. And buzz, this is something that I've been uh, at least lately been talking about on nearly every show and in nearly everything I write, which is that Donald Trump, it appears as if Donald Trump is, and, and this goes back to his admiration of Russia and Putin. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is t- trying to establish a Putin-style kleptocracy inside the United States. And this goes beyond just playing around the margins of campaign finance law, where, you know, if you set up a super PAC, you can keep some of that money for yourself. All the things that Stephen Colbert taught us about when he was doing the Colbert Report. Right. Yeah. And so this is far beyond that. This is basically Donald Trump continuing to enrich himself from the presidency beyond whatever salary he collects that goes along with the job. This is, you know, this goes to back to divestment and this goes back to emoluments specifically with China as well. So we've heard already that obviously Donald Trump goes and plays golf in Mar-a-Lago almost every weekend. If not Mar-a-Lago, he goes to Sterling, Virginia, or he goes to Bedminster, one of the Trump resorts. And as we know, Donald Trump takes his entire entourage with him. And usually it's an overnight visit if it's down to Florida. Sure, it's a sleepover. Yeah, exactly. Right. So this is all money being paid from the American Treasury, which is right. the taxpayers. The taxpayers. Tax 
Yeah, so basically Trump is stealing from American taxpayers to enrich the Trump organization because the Trump organization makes a significant profit on every resource used in Mar-a-Lago, like they, they have to put, you have to put secret service agents in hotel rooms there, you right. have to feed them. All of that oh, stuff. These are a couple the, of months a couple of months in, Trump was already the most expensive president we had ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And but this isn't money like if Donald Trump went to Camp David, that would be the United States government basically paying the United States government. This is a facility right. that is kept up. Even when uh, Barack Obama would go to the North Shore of Oahu, where he was renting a home, of course, he he paid for that home, that, that rental, out of his own money. Of this, was, this was not a rental that Barack Obama owned, so the Treasury was not paying Barack Obama because Barack Obama went there and visited and he did not charge the taxpayers right. for housing a US president there. Yeah, a US president and his entire entourage. Right. Which is like, I mean, they've got to pack up. I don't I think it's a C130 with the entire <laughs> motorcade. They've got to bring all them and they I I'm pretty sure I saw an entire making of video in terms of how how the uh, secret service and how the White House entourage handles presidential away visits presidential traveling and i think there's a second air force one that has to fly as a backup and just everything that goes on with regard to security and advance team everything else this is a huge expense to the american taxpayer except it's not going to some third party it's all going to donald trump right and then we couple this with the fact that he's using his position to grease the palms of the Chinese government so they'll give... So uh, they'll grease his. Yeah, so they'll grease his. So this is a quid pro quo going on. And that is, I mean, this $500 million loan from the Chinese government to this amusement park in Jakarta. Uh, you know, we should have... Do I have the amusement? Oh, yeah, here's... I'm disappointed yeah, I didn't perfect. play this to go along with the amusement park, the, the Trump amusement park. Uh... So this is this is the Chinese government paying Donald Trump in exchange for Donald Trump doing something that's favorable to the Chinese government. Of course, all the red hats will love this and think this is all part of his seven-layer chess with regard to North Korea. Well, they just assume it's his business genius at work again and that he's arted another deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is so illegal and so wrong. I mean, yeah, you remember... And- and the to, nation is the nation is virtually numb to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just like, oh, you mean Trump is using what, the office whatever. to enrich himself? Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. whatever. It's another day, another <laughs> another claim about Trump. Tell me what else is new. Be best. Be best. That's right. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to be best. That's well, he's he's succeeding at our expense. <laughs> I think. Jesus Christ. So yeah. So now Trump is acquiescing to a list of Chinese demands and not actually asking for anything in return, which of course brings us to. The horrible scene in uh, in the Middle East yesterday right. in Gaza, and the equally horrible scene in Jerusalem, that just shows a complete disconnect between yeah what the Trump administration is all about and what seeing, the situation is on the ground. Yeah, seeing side by side pictures of Jared and Ivanka happily opening an embassy, and seeing in the adjacent frame of uh, Palestinians dying at the border. Yeah. Forty miles away. Right, right, and not just dying, being shot by Israeli soldiers. I mean, that's what was going on there because and of what Jared and Ivanka were doing. Exactly, that's what right. brought the protesters to the border, and ultimately what got them killed. 
Right. And then, of course, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and, and Kellyanne Conway all start blaming this on Hamas, as if Hamas pulled the trigger uh, to, to fire upon these these uh, citizens and uh, Palestinian citizens in Gaza. I mean, just unfucking believable And I love the uh, New York Daily News cover this morning. So appropriate. I, just, I did not see it. Yeah. It's got a picture of Ivanka. <laughs> Buenos dias. Buenos dias, Ivanka. Uh, it's got a picture of Ivanka pointing to the plaque outside the embassy. Yes. And, uh-huh. and grinning with her big toothy grin. And then puts that up next to a picture of the people getting shot in, in right. Gaza. That, and then, then I did see that. That's what I saw then. I just didn't realize it was the Daily News cover. Yeah. And then the headline said, Daddy's Little Ghoul. Which uh-huh, is, yes. Which yeah, well, is, then I did see it after all. Uh, what else I knew yes? the, the picture, just seeing the juxtaposition of the picture uh, made uh, an impression on me. Yeah. And so what we learned also this morning is that among the dead, an eight-month-old baby died from Israeli tear gas as part uh-huh. of all that. And I don't know how yeah. you can possibly blame that on Hamas or uh, the Palestinians or anyone a, else. A second infant has died now. Uh, yeah. Turkey, which is not exactly a quiet place. Uh, has condemned Israel for uh, using that level of live gunfire to respond to uh, the Palestinians on the other side who were burning tires and shooting slingshots. Right, and and among the uh, many head-scratching questions, Buzz, that we're all asking ourselves and, and asking out loud on Twitter and elsewhere today is, why the hell, why the hell did the Trump people send Pastor Jeffress to give the invocation at this ceremony oh, in Jerusalem. Oh, that's just to piss us off. Yeah, that's, I think it is. That's, I think that's more you know, trolling. I mean, that's almost a that's almost a distraction. I mean, yeah, I saw it too, and yeah, that's par for the course. But <laughs> that that isn't really policy. It's more it's 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 more motivation for the policy. Uh, it's it it helps us understand what we already knew about the policy. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just it. I, I almost hate to see us go down that road, as as I know a lot of people have, uh, because that's what we've come to expect from from him, and I think it doesn't deserve as much due as as what's actually happening, is what Jared and Ivanka were doing, uh, smiling while people were dying nearby. Yeah, but I mean, this guy is offensive not to the Palestinians, but to yes, the I know. Jews, to the Israelis, right. because he was the one who said that, well, yeah, Jews are certainly going to go to go to hell because they don't believe in Christ or they haven't been saved by Christ or whatever. But of course, Jeffress doesn't say Christ. He says, he says the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, that's his, (laughs) he's one of those guys. They can't just say Jesus or Christ. He's got to say the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. It's a four, it's a four name, a four word name. Uh, but, but I mean, this for, for him. Th- but this dovetails buzz into why the fuck were, were Jared and Ivanka there? I mean, Steve Schmidt brought this up yesterday. Is that these are these people Not, at the very best are assistants to the president? These are Jared mid- has no security clearance, right. and uh, although he holds some kind of important title at the White House, it's not clear that he's in on much these days. No, uh, but but he's he's the Jew in the family, and uh, so so they sent him. Trump couldn't certainly go. I don't. I don't know that Christian Pence wanted any part of it necessarily. They're not State Department officials. They're not part of the Trump cabinet. And so, but these are the right, people who right. were sent. 
And uh, I know. Well, it was ceremonial, and they're ceremonial people. You know, I mean, I, I the worst part of this is the policy declaring that that Jerusalem belongs only to Israel yeah. uh, when it is a city shared by Christians and Muslims and Jews, or at least should be, and is to a large extent. A third of the people there are Palestinian, two right. thirds are Jewish, uh, roughly uh, on those numbers. Uh, but but uh, the world's religions converge there, and no city should lay exclusive claim to it, in my opinion. Nope. And and I've been reading comments from rabbis and others who say, you know, the Jewish people have been all about uh, being recognized and having a homeland, and they betray their own mission when they deny the same to Palestinians. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, <clears throat> interesting. Now, that's a third religion. Right. Right. So, I mean, I think maybe maybe it's Trump's mission to offend everybody on some level. Nobody's happy. Uh, I don't know if that's helping to make America great again or putting America first or what the hell well, it is. Well, I, I think that pastor is just part of the Trump crowd and he was handy. Yeah. So they said, come along. And they don't look into things like that as to what he said before. And again, uh, Trump sees one thing at a time. And a lot of his people apparently do, too. So they, they see the immediate need. and They go, oh, we better grab a pastor. And uh, <laughs> so they, they grab, grab this guy because he was in-house. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that's honestly how things happen. I, I don't know that it was intended to be a mixed message. The Lord Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> well, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling me to talk about our Patreon page right now. Yes. Uh, okay. We are moving slow as molasses right now with new signups on our Patreon page. So, so if you're ready, if you're nearby a computer and why wouldn't you be? Unless you're in your car. If you're in your car, don't do what I'm about to say. Pull over and be safe, goddammit. So we're talking about our Patreon page. Go and sign up now. There are several different levels that you can sign up. You can sign up to support the show at $1 a month. That's hardly anything. I don't know. It's like, I don't know, uh, 12 and a half cents per show, I think it works out to be. Let Uh, me just interject here that if 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 you care about this country. Yeah. You will subscribe to Bob Seska's show through Patreon, (laughs) and you will recruit others just as you will on uh, primary election day later this year. You will recruit others to subscribe to Bob Seska's show, or you might give it to them as gifts, you know, if you love this country. (laughs) And for heaven's sake, be best. Be best. All right. right. So, uh, okay, so at the $5 level, if you uh-huh. subscribe for $5 a month, that's hard. Again, you won't even notice that getting sucked out of your, your checking account once a month. Five bucks. $5 a month. But here's what you get in exchange for your $5 a month membership. You get the Postmortem Show, which we record seamlessly at the end of the end credits music <laughs> right after we're done recording the free show. And it's, a, it's one big block. Think of it like Bill Maher's uh, Overtime Show, where they just keep going after the credits roll. That's keep the Postmortem Show. So you get two of those per week but if you sign up at ten dollars a month you get two post-mortem shows plus the friday after party and if you missed last friday's after party you, you missed me embarrassing myself by playing one of my old radio tapes from b104 in allentown in 1996 <laughs> playing the macarena over and over again <laughs> i remember when you were there oh my god i was uh, stretch cutting out on the radio but of course at that time, I stopped using the stretch part and was just calling myself Bob Cunningham because I just couldn't spit out. But anyway, yeah. 
You, you can hear all of that on the uh, on the after party show. That's a ten dollars a month for fifteen dollars a month. You get all that crap, post mortem, after party, all that stuff, plus a commercial free version of this show that you're hearing right now. And uh, and of course the 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 commercial free version of the show bleeds seamlessly into the post mortem show. So it's all one big convenient file for you to listen to on your commute or at home while you're doing your cleaning, or if you have all your friends over for a listening party, that too. And we, of course, are doing a big push at our $15 a month level. If we get uh, enough subscribers, we're going to do a Wednesday show. We're going to start a brand new Wednesday show. Just go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at the top of the page. And please go and tell all your friends. Go do it right now. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Buenos dias. All right. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. The great Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comment, found at Stitcher Radio, iTunes, BuzzBurbank.com, and RealmNetwork.com, right? Right. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, we lost Tom Wolf. That sucks. Yeah, I saw that. One of the uh, great writers of our time, obviously most famous for uh, the Bonfire of the Vanities and uh, the Right Stuff, of course, which I can I can pretty much recite the Right Stuff dialogue really? by, page by dialogue page as it goes on to the annoyance of everyone around me. And that's how much you I don't love strike movie. me as the military type. Man. Well, you know, it's it's NASA, it's uh, uh-huh. the Mercury space mission, and right. lots of quotable lines in that movie. So I just <laughs> I I love 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 that movie. So uh, safe home to Tom Wolf, and of course yeah. Margot Kidder. And we played a little bit of uh, Superman the movie at the top of the show today. Uh, what else? Okay, so Trump and Sean Hannity. <laughs> this is one of my favorite news stories of the week so far. And of course, it'll be old news and we'll forget about it by, I don't know, five o'clock this evening. You know, every night after the Rachel Maddow show, uh, Bob and I call each other <laughs> and we we hang on the phone and we talk about stuff. And if one of us is down, uh, we talk we talk the other one up and uh, it just makes us feel better. And uh, uh, then we then we, we we're in, usually in bed uh, yeah. and then we turn out the light uh, in our separate and distant homes yeah. and go to sleep. Uh, right. And this is how we, we end every day is and, and but it always it's always awkward because Bob says you hang up first and I say, no, no, you you hang up first. And, What's the first question I ask you when I call you up, Buzz? I say, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you wearing? Oh, no, no. I thought it was. Do you smell peas? But... <laughs> do you smell frozen peas? Oh, That's God. Right. Oh, the pea boy. Well, those are okay. Enough of the inside the, joke. The boy. Okay, yeah. so so Trump and Hannity have girl talk every night after uh, Hannity's show, and I'm sure I can just envision Trump. He's got his uh, cold cream on his face, right, and his hair up right. in rollers, and and Hannity is laying on his bed, uh, you know, with his uh, hamburger phone, <laughs> to talking to Trump, and they uh, they talk about all kinds of stuff. They actually sit and make fun of other cable news shows. That's one of the right. things they do. Yeah. They also, oh, and this is a serious problem because what's happened is, is that Donald Trump, through his connection with Hannity, has completely abandoned any link to reality and what actually goes on. And so, right, right, you know, his, it, and it was a fascinating story. It was the New yeah. Yorker, right, that that reported on this. Yeah, it was it was uh, yeah, New York Magazine's Olivia yeah, Nutzi. Yeah, here's a little preview from from my version of this. Uh, right. The report in New Yorker says at the start of his presidency, <laughs> Trump-
Trump watched all the news channels and got upset about what he saw. And that upset Sean Spicer and Reince Priebus, now uh-huh. both former Trump officials, to witness Trump's anger. So they encouraged him to just watch Fox and stay away from the rest. Oh. The New Yorker says Spicer and Priebus persuaded Trump that Fox had big ratings and was a great way to connect with his voter base. But in so doing, the New Yorker reports that the former chief of staff and former press secretary had created a new problem, a president who would come into the office each morning fired up about something that was not on the day's agenda, foisting the issue onto an unprepared staff. <laughs> God damn it. So it's really, <laughs> I mean, it's it's Reince Priebus and Sean Spicer. It's their fault. It's their fault. They're to blame for so much of this. But of course what? it's 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 yeah. Trump who's susceptible like so many people of his generation. So he's the one who's susceptible to this kind of propaganda and bullshit like and we always and we've been doing this since even before the election. He's always oh, yeah. uh, a great example, a great illustration of that documentary the the brainwashing of my dad about how um how people of uh-huh. that generation, yeah, th- these uh baby boomer men who are now in the in their 70s and 80s, how they are so easily brainwashed by watching Fox News Channel and listening to AM talk radio all day, and Donald Trump is just like that. And, it, and now it turns out that it was Reince Priebus and Sean Spicer who enabled that addiction. Another monster. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> a, a different monster. <laughs> so he's completely disconnected from reality. Yeah, and the New Yorker says they talk every night after Hannity's show, uh, and and that uh, sometimes they speak several times a day, and that Hannity does uh, prop up Trump when Trump is feeling blue. That 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 Hannity fills the void. That was. Does this sound like a teenage romance? It's that, that Hannity fills the void left by Steve Bannon. And uh, one White House official calls this bromance uh, an effed up feedback loop. Jesus Christ. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, of course it is. And what we see is an explanation for a lot of the stories that we've heard in the past over right. the past year or so, right. which is that, right. oh, when Donald Trump is getting briefed on intelligence, when Donald Trump is getting briefed on a, on a policy proposal or on an issue, he'll oftentimes countermand experts. He'll disagree with experts based on the fiction that he hears on Fox News Channel. So he'll say, you know, someone, the the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, will come in and brief him on whatever. And Donald Trump will tell Dan Coats, no, 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 that's not how it works. That's not how it happens. I was told by, you know, Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade and Greg Gutfeld and Sean Hannity and Jeanine Pirro that this is what's really happening. And because of that, uh, White House staff and and the the papers, uh, the the uh, reporters spoke to nearly two dozen of them, twenty two yeah. White House staff and other people close to Trump, and and found out that that Trump is is talking about the FBI raid on Cohen's office in the White House twenty times a day, <laughs> and even if they're right. exaggerating, it's what ten, yeah, you know. So uh, that's uh, that's that's significant. Yeah, uh, you know, fascinating reporting actually from both the New Yorker and uh, the the Washington Post. If you got a chance to find that uh, New Yorker article, by all means, do it. It's it's fascinating. Twenty times a day, obviously the behavior of an innocent man, right? Right. Uh, and by the Nothing way, spe- speaking of reporting, boy, you nailed it. One week ago today on this show, you were talking uh-huh. about Victor Vexelberg. 
Yeah. And and with, you know, right. talking about his connection, obviously, to uh, financially to Donald Trump, obviously to the inaugural committee. We, we find out that he gave a million dollars to uh, right. Trump's inauguration. Well, that was sheer luck. I had I brought to the table a chip of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that same day, wonderfully uh, for me and coincidentally, uh, we learned a lot more about Victor Vexelberg and, and just <laughs> how truly significant he is. Uh, I had just noted that isn't it something he's a friend of Putin and he was at the uh, inauguration and uh, the other guy I, I lost track of the name now uh, had uh, the guy who organized the uh, the inauguration for Trump uh, also a close friend of Trump was also at that inauguration and that there was some kind of weird connection there that certainly didn't seem coincidental and then we learned more later that day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here it is. Uh, Robert Mueller's team is investigating a, a bunch of Trump's inaugural donors, including Entraitor, Entra- Andrew Entraitor, I think that's his name. And also, as I was talking about at the top of the show, Leonard Blavatnik. He's the dual U.S. and British citizen with business ties to Russia. And uh, Entraitor is, uh, happens to be the CEO of Columbus Nova, this company that gave right. half a million dollars to Michael Cohen for, quote unquote, no reason. Uh, and it's all, he's also a U.S.-based affiliate of the Renova Group, which is controlled by Victor Vexelberg. Right. Uh, in particular, Entrader made a $250,000 donation to the Trump Inauguration Committee in early January 2017. Later made two more donations, one for $35,000 to the Trump Victory Fundraising Committee and a $29,600 donation to the Republican National Committee. Blavatnik, meanwhile, gave a million dollars. This is in addition to the $2.5 million and, he gave and, to and Mr. That by the And that, by the way, is why the RNC has to be investigated. There you go. Uh, oh. He gave a million dollars to Trump's inaugural fund through his company, Access Industries. Mueller's team is also questioning uh, Thomas Barack, who is a longtime Trump That's friend. That's the other guy. That's the guy who organized the inauguration. Thomas Barrack, I believe Barrick. it's pronounced, but yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And he oversaw the $107 million inaugural fundraising effort. Right, right, right. Well, he's buddies with Trump. He's buddies with Vexelberg. Vexelberg's buddy was buddies with Putin. And and uh, Vexelberg uh, was part of uh, heaping all this money onto Trump. Jesus, it's amazing how this works, Buzz. I mean, just to- well, it's very it's very clear. You know, it's, it's so maddening because look, and and this has been pointed out by others this week also. We find out stuff about the Mueller investigation three to six months after it actually happens. So that means wherever he is now is stuff that we would ostensibly learning in three to six months from now were this all to go on that long. Mm -hmm. I I keep thinking we got to be very close. I mean, I know it's big. I know it's complex. I know that we want Mueller to do his job, to do it completely and accurately. Uh, obviously those are the most important things, but because of looming war in the Middle East uh, and, and, and by two recent moves from Trump, uh, killing the Iran nuclear deal and opening the embassy in Jerusalem and declaring it Israel's capital, uh, these are very highly provocative acts that have made an already unstable Middle East even worse. It could set off a nuclear arms race there. Saudi Arabia says, well, if Iran does get nuclear weapons, we're getting them too. And so, yeah, uh, so this is serious, serious stuff. So, again, I I know, you know, I'm the one who said all along, we've got to be patient. We've got to let Mueller do the job correctly. But I've reached a point now where, hey, this is getting scary. This you know, is, and and especially you look at the deals he's made with China, 
as you, you outlined, and with Russia, China, uh, and 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 now stirring up trouble in the Middle East uh, to bring about the end of the world that some radical Christians hope for. Yeah, uh, to bring Jesus back, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> you know, in order to bring him back. So it's it's a very frightening time, and. Yep. Oh, Mr. Mueller, please hurry. Well, yeah, going back to the biblical prophecy that Janine Pirro was talking about on her show the other night, which is actually uh, a, a real deal. I mean, what you yeah, said oh, is yeah, actually yeah. a real thing. I mean, what right. they want to do, a lot of these religious zealots, a lot of these evangelicals here in this country believe that the end times will begin with a great war in the Middle East. Let's and, get it done. Yeah, exactly. Get it done. And what they're doing is they're facilitating that great war in the Middle East. I mean, that's why moving the embassy to Jerusalem has been a top priority because right. they legitimately believe that by moving the American embassy to Jerusalem, this will help fulfill this prophecy that the end times will come about due to a ma major cataclysm in the Middle East, and it's, it looks like we're getting closer. It certainly explains it, and it explains the presence of that pastor who hates Jews. The Lord Jesus Christ, because he's into the Lord Jesus Christ instead. Um, who, who was a Jew? Yeah, oh God. <laughs> On a uh, on a somewhat lighter note, but but still a very serious note. When we come back from a, a last break here, I want to talk about what's going on with Eric Schneiderman because we got some news. I believe it was late last week, or yeah. perhaps it was over the weekend, that has given me pause in terms of my overall condemnation of Eric Schneiderman, and mm -hmm. I still believe he's guilty. But we're we're hearing about some extenuating circumstances here. So when we come back, I definitely want to talk about that. So more show right after these words. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Hey, let me ask you a question. You gotten anything for your dad for Father's Day yet? Oh, balls. Yeah, I totally forgot too. No, I mean I got him oh balls soap. Bubble Genius makes soap that look like golf balls and smell like fresh-cut grass in metal buckets. Get out of town! He's crazy for the golf! Don't forget your dad this Father's Day. Bubble Genius has balls and more for the first man in your life. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, so, as you know, Eric Schneiderman, I, I have, uh, well, on the show last week, I had a pretty strong reaction to the Eric Schneiderman news. I just said, fuck you, Eric Schneiderman. <laughs> Yeah, I, Jesus I, Christ, this guy. I remember you saying that, and, and I was right there with you uh, as far as... as Believing he sounded like a really terrible guy after what we had yeah. believed was a really good guy. And, and can I uh, reiterate something that Jen Kirkman said on Twitter the other day? Jesus Christ. You know, Michael Avenatti, if you have abused or sexually harassed any women, you can go fuck yourself, too. And please, please say you haven't. I'm just hoping to God because they're out there. I know Mike Cernovich is out there trying to dig up dirt on uh, Avenatti. And, and I know that obviously 
uh, Trump and Cohen and whatever private investigation firms they're linked up to are probably also investigating Avenatti. But the assault on Aven- Avenatti has already begun uh, yeah. with uh, you know examinations of his past business practices. So far, I, I've I've seen uh, what's been found. And I, I don't see anything there that's particularly troubling. Yeah. It was part of an article that was warning Avenetti to be careful yeah. uh, that that by using Trump-like tactics, he, 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 he takes risks for himself and for his client, Stormy Daniels. Uh, he's been not only on TV constantly, but he's been aggressive about it. Yeah. I'm always, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, and I haven't said this anywhere else, I'm always a little suspicious of a guy like Avenetti. I have a sense about the people. I, I'm not saying I'm right about it. I'm just saying I have my own sense about people. And I always had a funny feeling about Brian Williams. I always thought as an, and he, he didn't, he, the only thing he did was exaggerate, you know, war stories, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I had always, there was something, he was so good. He is so good. Brian Williams is so amazing at being a TV anchor, man. He, he, he defines what that is. He's so He's almost a little too slick, and I think that's what uh, got my attention. And there's a, a little bit of that quality of being just a little too cocky, a little too slick yeah. in M- Michael Avenetti. And and so, uh, although the New York Times has found that virtually every claim Avenetti has made has proven to be true, yep. uh, and we are all on the left grateful for his presence, and as one article said, gleeful that a porn star, he might allow a porn star to take down a president. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm always, uh, there's always going to be an asterisk next to him, uh, uh, you know, as I stay tuned for the other shoe to drop just in case one yeah. does. Well, it seems to me as if it would be extremely stupid to put yourself out the way Avenatti has. Uh, that didn't stop with, Trump. Yeah, I know that. That's a, yeah, you're actually right. And uh, we know that Avenatti is basically taking... I mean, he's doing what I've been recommending since the very beginning, which is taking the uh, tennis ball machine and turning around and turning around on Trump and right. firing it back on Trump and making Trump have to dodge and, and weave around and try to, to deflect all of those tennis balls. And so he's doing, I think he's doing the right thing. He's using Trump's tactics against Donald Trump, and I think that's perfect. So, But, but, but I mean, the, in order yeah, to do yeah. that, I mean, you have to be pretty clean if you're going to engage in those kind of tactics because right. it's so easy for Trump and all of the Trump people, all of the red hats to use Fox News channel am talk radio and and political internet to uh to smear someone like like avenatti and to bring him down but you wanted to talk about eric schneiderman yeah. I think we should. well this is all connected because uh right. because of right. course the same investigatory bodies that have uh have uh possibly investigated uh avenatti clearly went after eric schneiderman for many years because we found out that this guy peter gleason who's a new york attorney and not a party in any of these cases said in a letter that uh said that that Trump knew and that Michael Cohen knew about Eric Schneiderman years and years ago. And in fact, I believe there's a Trump tweet from 2011 or maybe it was 2012 saying that, well, if you think that uh, Elliot Spitzer is bad and if you think that, uh, I forget who else, Anthony Weiner is bad, wait till you check out what Eric Schneiderman's done. It's way worse than those two guys. That was the basic gist of Trump's tweet. Well, we found out that this guy, Paul Gleason, who's this attorney, knew about these people who were sexually victimized, quote unquote, by Eric Schneiderman. And so it's possible, while Schneiderman may still be guilty of these allegations, and I, right. based on what he said in his, 
his explanation and his right. apology. It seems like he is guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it my assessment based on seeing his words themselves. But Gleason told the New York Times that his conversation with Michael Cohen happened shortly before Trump tweeted vague insinuations about Eric Schneiderman. And uh, Gleason said in this letter that he advised the two women uh, not to bring their allegations to law enforcement because he claimed that the Manhattan prosecutors had ignored corruption claims had he brought them to them in the past. He told the New York Times that Cohen suggested to him that if Trump ran for New York governor, as he was contemplating at the time, he'd seek to right. bring light the allegations against Schneiderman. So obviously there were plans afoot to weaponize these allegations against Schneiderman to Trump's benefit. At the very least, there's a history there. <clears throat> yeah, so it wouldn't shock me in the slightest to learn that this was strategically brought up now to take Eric Schneiderman down before Eric Schneiderman has any opportunity to bring up uh, similar charges about Michael Cohen with regard to the Southern District of New York and that investigation or the Mueller investigation or all the things that we've been talking about as a stopgap measure against, well, what happens if this guy's fired by Trump or that guy's fired by Trump? Well, there's always Eric Schneiderman. And now, well, not so much. But I think we shouldn't give up hope because it looks like as of today that Preet Bharara is considering mm -hmm. an independent run for New York Attorney General. And we know that Preet Bharara was, and he was the former U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York, where this entire right. Michael Cohen investigation is emanating from now. And so it would be, I think, pr pretty seamless if <laughs> Preet Bharara took over Schneiderman's post and became that, that, that well, back, backstopping of Mueller, et cetera. New York is a Democratic state, and so a Democrat will be the next attorney general. And the Democratic wish lists that I've seen are topped by a pre Barrara and Hillary Clinton. Well, Clinton just doesn't seem like a viable option to me, but but pre Barrara absolutely does, and yeah. so it's very exciting to hear that he would seek that office. Uh, I think he would likely get it if he did, and uh, we would be at least as well off, if not better than we were with Eric Schneiderman. Yep, exactly. And you know what? There's another uh, dimension to all of this, too, because Michael Avenatti uh, shared a picture of Michael Cohen and Michael Flynn coming out of Trump Tower. Seems like too that... Many, too many Michaels. Too many, way too many Michaels, way too many Russians. This is like way too many names altogether. And now we're, now we're going to be mixing in Qataris in the context Michaels, of the story. Michaels and Mikhail's. Michael and Mikhail's, exactly. And the, the thousand different Sergeys we've had to memorize. But in, uh, back in December 2016, this, we're going to find out that the transition, and we're already finding out that the transition was a hotbed of activity where oh, yeah. Trump people and people linked to Trump, in, including, of course, uh, Michael Cohen, right? Says who? Were selling uh, Trump access to the highest bidders at that point in time. And one of those people might have been this Qatari, uh, this guy, Ahmed Al-Rumahi. Is that how it's pronounced? I have no idea. He's a, he's a man. <laughs> well, thank you, Buzz. You're, you're on your own, Bob. Thanks for nothing. A man in charge of a division of Qatar's uh, sovereign wealth fund. All right. So this guy's uh -huh. got a lot of money at his disposable. The, me the meeting was previously unreported. Rapper and actor Ice Cube, along with his business partner, Jeff Quadinets. Uh, recently filed a $1.2 billion lawsuit alleging Al-Rumahi and other Qatari officials tried to buy access to people connected to Trump. So now Ice Cube 
is looped in, and I'm I'm grateful because well, his name is Ice Cube, and it's not it doesn't involve twelve different syllables. It's certainly easier to pronounce, isn't it? So it, it looks like this guy, uh, this Qatari official with links to the Sovereign Wealth Fund. Uh, was also bragging around that time, shortly after the meeting, as the timeline goes, saying that he successfully was able to bribe Trump officials. And now we get this picture of this guy meeting in Trump Tower or leaving Trump Tower down through that golden elevator uh, with Michael Cohen and Michael Flynn. Yeah, and again, this is a revelation from uh, Michael Avenetti. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So obviously... Taking him down, taking Avenatti down is right. a major priority for the people surrounding Donald Trump. And I'm sure there's... You would, you would think so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of money buzz being pumped into that little investment. And, you know, there's there's all a the- lot of Republican money and a lot of Republican interest in making that happen. Look, uh, Al Franken uh, faced uh, accusations much milder, much, 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 much milder than what, uh, if say, Eric Schneiderman is facing. Yeah. Uh, and and yet he was driven out, and uh, there was a political machine. It certainly appears that there was, per- and perhaps even driven by Roger Stone, a political effort to remove Al Franken, who was at that time uh, the biggest thorn in the Trump administration's side. Yeah, funny how these guys keep disappearing. Granted, on evidence. Granted, it's on the evidence, but. The, the funny how that evidence turns up just as that individual's turning up the heat on Trump. And, you know, obviously looking back to our Watergate history, doesn't this sound like the plumber's buzz? Doesn't this sound like this investigation, this smear attempt, this, uh, well, this thing that's going with, on? With all the leaks to the White House, they could use some plumbers. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, in, th- in this case, obviously they're going to be going after leakers, too, based on Trump's uh, tweet yesterday. Right. Uh, leakers inside the White House, and there's lots of speculation as to who those people might be and some of the techniques they're using. I know one leaker was saying that they like to study the idioms of other White House staffers so they can <laughs> use those idioms in their communications with reporters to throw them off the trail, right? It's spy versus spy inside the White House. From the very beginning, there have been these uh, backstab, and even Kellyanne Conway has said, Uh, This White House uh, was to a greater degree earlier, but still is to a degree, uh, you know, since a place where coworkers shiv each other. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And you know what's funny about all this, the whole leaker scandal going on inside the White House right now, is it further freaks people out inside the White House because they all think... No, I mean, they, they can trust nobody. They don't know who's right. turning on them, know who's stabbing them in the back, who's using their identity to leak or, you so, know. Yeah, it, you, so you have a White House yeah. where, where no one trusts anyone else. Right. And especially the president, because one of the leakers, if you believe some of the reports that come out, one of the leakers is Donald Trump himself. I mean, Donald oh, Trump yeah. has been oh. leaking left and right. And, you know, I, I don't know whether he's using his... John Barron persona or his John Miller persona? Well, when you get to be his size, things begin to leak. <laughs> That's right. He's a lot of Olestra in uh, Donald Trump's diet. <laughs> is that a 20-year-old reference? I just made a 20-year-old reference to Lay's potato It is, chips. but Thank some of us much. got it, Bob, and that's the important thing. <laughs> that's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, 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 I'm perpetually lost in the late 90s somehow. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else here uh, before we wrap up? 
Oh, oh, and the Trump diet plan. We may even get to that, too, on the Postmortem <laughs> Show. That's all at our Patreon page. Go and sign up for $5 a month. You can get the Postmortem Show twice a week after each of our shows, Tuesday and Thursday. And you can do that by going to bobsuska.com and clicking the all-caps Patreon link. And also, God... You know, we're way behind our uh, quota for Amazon link. So go shopping through our Amazon link. Takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com and you go shopping as normal, but we get a teeny tiny commission from some of the things you buy. Thank you for going and doing that. All right. uh, Let's see. Buzz Burbank can be found at BuzzBurbank.com and on Twitter at at Michael J. Elston. Also at RealmNetwork.com and Stitcher Radio. The Mark and Lowell shows at uh, RealmNetwork.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Jackie Schechter can be found at investigaterussia.org, your one-stop shop for all things about the Russian attack and the Mueller investigation. Uh, Stephanie Miller's at stephaniemiller.com. Kimberly Johnson's podcast. Go and sign up now. Patreon.com slash startmeup. And at author Kimberly on Twitter. David Ferguson's at facebook.com slash compromatband. And Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Oh, and you can listen to this show at littlegreenfootballs.com if you don't like listening to it at bobseska.com. I don't know why you would, but if you happen to be at littlegreenfootballs.com, you can also listen to the show. Go and do that, too. All right, that's the show today. We will see you again on Thursday. Postmortem shows coming up next. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Buenos dias.